James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! We're talking about practice. Welcome to another episode of the Buckets and Beards podcast. I'm Foss and with me always is George. Foss, how are you, mate? I'm very well, very well. Um, coming to you regular time this week as I'm all recovered from COVID now. Um, heading into Christmas um, and we're just going to be releasing episodes as we do. We might actually put out an extra timeout episode because we missed that last week coming up. And we're going to do some extra special things on social media as well. So keep an eye out on the Facebook and the Instagram for them when they come out. Um, I put a little taster out today on that as well. It's very exciting. There's been some uh, additions to the shoe room had, so uh, I'm pretty keen for that. Um, and I might put up a, a photo of the shoes as well. Yeah, um, trees As well, because um, I'm not sure many people have seen them in, in our little videos and shorts that we've been doing. No, look, I think you're right, but... It is a legit collection, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, but uh, let's get into our drink for the week. Let's do it. You want a refreshing drink? I would tell you to drink it, no matter what that cucumber says. Bruh, man, say it. No. Loving the intro music, Foss. You got to keep that coming for us for our unofficial drink sponsor. Unofficial. Of the week. We got very, to. We got to. We got to stipulate this again. It unofficial. Is very unofficial drink sponsors for the week. This one is actually a donation that's come in. It's Soda Boss. Never soda heard boss. of Soda Boss, but Never we have soda, soda Boss today. We have raspberry red frogs and we have pineapple lollies. Pineapple lollies. Which I one do, do you like red frogs. You like a red frog? I like a red, red frog. Red frog is all yours. Let's give this a crack. See what we think. I'm hoping it's not a juice like last week. Oh, yeah, we, a- should, yeah, we said last week we should read the can beforehand. Yeah, this so all some- natural flavors. Other than that, I'm not seeing anything that doesn't say that it's a juice. No, I reckon, I reckon this one's more of a soft drink. Yeah, last week was a stitch up. We're about to find out though. Let's go. Oh yeah, there. There's the crack. There we go. Cheers. Cheers. Yep, that's red frogs. Yeah, not hating that the pineapple lollies either. That is 100% red frogs. That's a good pineapple lolly. You melt down a red frog and add it to some soda water and I reckon that's you got what it? this would be. Look, that's probably what it is then. I dare yep. say they've done the same thing with the pineapple lollies. They've just melted them down and gone boom. Going to be on a massive sugar high for the rest of the afternoon, though. Yeah, so it's a good thing we got a few episodes to record. Yeah, but not horrible. I reckon I'll I'll probably rate this one. It's probably a little sweet for me. Yeah, I'm not massive uh, sweet person, but I'm probably probably rated a bit bit of a seven point two. Look, I'm just uh, a fan of the cans actually, just quietly. I think they need to go up on the socials. You've actually got the red frogs and the pineapples on the cans. So, and we'll try each other's in a sec. Yeah, we'll uh, give them some more feedback. Love that bit of commentary there. The Kobe up high, down hard. It's a classic. Cool, it, it is a classic. And we've tried tried each other's drinks there. I feel like Red Frogs is definitely the winner. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, just, still still probably rate the pineapples, maybe a five. Maybe five I'm just glad it wasn't mid, juice this week. Good thing it wasn't juice. Yeah, we didn't finish them last week. No, 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 no. All right, let's get into some top threes, Foss. What do All you right, got? I'm going to start us off this week since you were a bit of a jerk and added in a fourth one last, last episode. Um, but first up in the East, um, massive game in the past week for Giannis. Huge. 64 points. Huge. 
Franchise record, new franchise, beating Michael Red's 57. Yeah, right. If you remember the the gunslinger, Michael Red, he really did sling his shots in, but... Uh, he was an absolute gentleman as well. He was a jet. Yeah. He was an absolute jet. Actually, um, I think it was Ray Allen that taught him how to shoot um, in his time at the Bucks there as well. Mm. Um, but... And then there was the, the bit of the... the Ball gate, the yes. the basketball saga that yes. happened with them in Indiana afterwards, um, which I feel like I said this to you and um and that and uh, I've mentioned it to a few people, but I feel like there's a bit of an old school rivalry building there between the Pacers and the Bucks. Definitely building, and I'm all for it. I'm 100%. all for an old school rivalry where they hate each other, and every time they play each other, something big's going to happen. You want to see it. Like, it just adds that little extra element to the games if you've got a little bit of underlying tension. And I think the next time that they play each other, you're going to see that for sure. Look, I'm I'm not going to mention anything about the ball saga because I saw footage and I couldn't tell what happened and where the ball happened and stuff. I feel like there might have been an overreaction there from some players and stuff, but... Oh, 100%, I think, I think 100% we just, an overreaction. I think we just need to leave it there yeah. because we're not media personalities. We don't have access to the footage or anything like that, but... Um, I'm all here for the rivalry. Uh, no, I'm with you. I think, like you said, we don't know what went on behind the scenes, which ball, who, who knows? But anyway, it doesn't matter. The rivalry is dope. It's what we want to see in the NBA. All right. First in the West, mate. All right. Look, we have to touch on it again. Draymond Green suspended indefinitely for... Look, it was, it was a dirty shot. He can sit there and say as much as he likes that he was trying to sell a foul. He pimp slapped him upside you the head. You can apologize as much as you want to Nurkic as well, but at the end of the day, you punched him. Legit. If you haven't seen the footage, check it out on YouTube. It'll be easy to find. It, it It's such a bad look for Draymond, especially when he's already had a five-game suspension this season for putting Rudy Gobbies in a chokehold. And he's always... He's- He's always had a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a hothead. Look, he's always had that reputation of being, yeah, like hot under the collar and physical and, and all of those sorts of things. But I think this season, or he, look, it all started last season when he punched Jordan Poole at training. Yeah. It, it, his reputation precedes him. The NBA have come out and said that, you know, this indefinite suspension is partially because of his track record. Um, he's basically been sent to counselling. To, to try and figure out what the heck is going on. But the fact that they've suspended him indefinitely without pay, like this is going to cost the Warriors ultimately. And and Steph is is the big loser out of all of this because you've already got Clay and Wiggs that are, are struggling. Clay's shot just isn't there and Wiggins just doesn't Wiggins got engaged. benched. He, yeah. he got taken out of that starting lineup. And you know what? Probably deserved it too. Yeah. Um, and I, I did hear... I was looking at um, on Instagram the other, uh, I think it was this morning actually, and saw that um, they're putting him up for trade. They're actually putting him in conversations to get rid of Draymond and get him out of, of the Warriors. Yeah, look, I saw some interesting trades, um, trade packages. And look, yeah, like we've said in, in earlier episodes of the pod, Miles Turner and Buddy Hill have been on the, the trade block forever and a day. They'd be great fits in, in the Warriors. I'm not saying Draymond would be a good fit in Indiana, but they'd be particularly good fits. I don't reckon Indiana blows up just yet. No, oh, no I, I'm not suggesting that they make that trade for a second because I don't think it works for them at all. But I think that you know, from a Warriors standpoint, that'd be a pretty good fit. I mean, unless you go after, you know, because we know the Bulls need to blow it up unless you can go get a Vucevic or something like that. But, well, I'm, pretty but sure, I'm pretty sure Steve Kerr's coming out and said that um, it's all up to Draymond now and his time might be done. Look, at the end of the day, 100% it's up to Draymond now. There's, there's no one else that can mm. can do this for him. He's either got to pull his head out 
of his butt and start playing and focusing on playing or he finds a new home. Yeah. All right. Um, my next one in the East uh, is Droll Embiid. Sure. Um, putting up ridiculous numbers. MVP yes. caliber numbers like 33.8 points, 11.5 rebounds, 6.4 assists. Ridiculous. And I 100% feel like it's down to him just maturing as yeah. a human being and a player. Yeah, I think there's a um, lot of that. I think the like, fact that his health is is on his side. At the I don't know whether I don't know if I've mentioned it in the uh, podcast before, but I think I've talked to you about um, he's taking a lot less dumb shots. Yeah, um, and he is playing as part of that system, um, getting backed up really well by Maxi. Like their chemistry is outstanding. It's crazy, um, and he's just going from strength to strength. Strength. Um, and I know we'll probably talk about it later on um, in our next segment as well um, about just the level of of play just by a few players in the NBA at the moment is just ridiculous oh yeah absolutely and I think you're right I think you know, move. They they tried to bring Harden in and, and make that work, and it just didn't. And you've seen how much Maxi's flourished. You've got Tobias Harris, who's got a role, and that's just helping him beat immensely. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Speaking of James Harden, he's next on my list. Yeah. We have to talk about the system. Look, you know I don't want to, but I think we have. We have to. to. We because, have to at the moment. Look, the Clippers are they're starting to fire, man. They've they've eight wins, two losses in their last ten games. Harden is actually putting in the work. Like he's getting together with Zubak and, and Daniel Tice and these guys after practice and being like, right, let's work on this. I need to know where you want the ball. Where Daniel Tice to. was an underrated pickup for the Clippers. Oh, absolutely. I rate Daniel Tice as a player. I thought he did really well out in Boston mm-hmm. um, and then was sitting on Indiana's bench and wasn't playing behind Miles Turner. Yep. Um, and now he's getting another shot at the Clippers and he's shown that he can do it because he was outstanding for Germany too. In He really was. Basketball. And look, the Clippers didn't really have much behind Zubak. So he, he's found a, a spot where he can actually play and he's performing. Yeah. And the Clippers are starting to look like a dangerous team in the West as much as it pains me to say it. And I'm going to add on to your little bit there as well about the Clippers. And um, since they brought in this load management system, um, Kawhi Leonard's played every game. Yep. PG's missed one. Yeah. Um, where he was genuinely hurt, but then they're, they're healthy. But like, I think it was Kawhi Leonard had played the equivalent of three seasons over four seasons. Yes, yeah, he'd missed a um, lot of games. And now he's played all, I think, 26 games so yep. far for him. Yep, absolutely. And look, you know, big shout out has to go to Ty Lue for actually figuring out how to make it work. Yeah, and they, they looked like it might be going the same way as uh, Philadelphia there when Harden first came across. Exactly right. Um, my last point here in the East is there's trouble brewing in Cleveland. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. Injuries. 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 And we talk about injuries in almost every podcast and how an injury can derail a whole team's season in the drop of a hat. Yeah, look, they really have struggled with injuries. Um, but at the moment, yeah, Garland fractured his jaw. Out. And he's out for, I think it was minimum two months. Yep. Um, and Mobley is uh, going in for uh, surgery on his knee. Like, I think it's just a keyhole surgery. Yeah, just to clean up. But, but that's just to clean up, but weeks. that's six to eight weeks. And that's still uh, a few weeks. Turn back is already. But um, they're already struggling. They're 14 and 12. Um, so this is just going to take them from an average team to probably a bad team. Look, do you consider blowing it up? I know it's a big call, but you've got someone like Donovan Mitchell there 
Yeah, he's still a valuable can, asset. Can they keep Donovan Mitchell happy? Is what I'm thinking because. Or do you just trade him to the Knicks? I wouldn't say no, but it depends who we ha- Knicks have to give up to. Because I like the way the Knicks are playing at the moment. I don't think the Knicks should make. I don't that think the move. Knicks should make any not, moves. I think the Knicks. We'll talk about this another time. The Knicks need to make a move, but not that one. They don't yeah. need Zach Levine. They don't need Donovan Mitchell. All right. Yeah, but some someone like a Seth Curry, perfect for the Knicks. Add some more shooting, some more floor spacing. Yeah. That's, we that's do a, need more shooting. That's a whole. A lot more that's shooting. a whole different topic of conversation. Yes. Are we going yes. to go off? We got a topic again. It's what we do. But yes, Cleveland are certainly struggling. They did beat the Hawks today, but again, some social teams here in Adelaide could probably beat the Hawks on a given night. Uh-huh. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. All right. The last one that I'm going to talk about today is another one that I don't really want to talk about out west, but we kind of have to talk about it. It's Josh Giddy. Now, I don't want to touch on the investigations the stuff because, outside of basketball yeah let's let's just ignore that for now like it's obviously ongoing He's and it's, being it's kind of like what we said uh with other things in this thing we're not professional media no. or anything like that so we're just not going to touch it. look i think at this point it's fair to just acknowledge that there is an investigation going on to determine if there was anything any wrongdoing we'll leave it at that and if you're a basketball fan uh and haven't been living under a rock you'll already know what it, it yeah exactly you'll already know what it is but again we'll just leave that for now but I want to just talk about his form slump, really. Like I said to you, you know, half an hour ago, he played 15 minutes today as your starting point guard, shooting guard for OKC. And that seems to almost be the norm for him at the moment. Like, is this just a third-year slump for him or is it the fact that he can't shoot a lick that means that he can't stay on the court? And I think you just hit the nail right on the head there. Um, he is not really improving that much as a knockdown shooter. No. that they need him to be. Because when you've got players that we've talked about here, like um, Jalen Williams, Isaiah Joe, um, Lou Dort, who are all legit knockdown shooters he, and playmakers, just yeah, they are stepping up, yep. which means that they can't have Giddy on the court Correct. down the stretch. So and, he's, and he's playing majority of those. I think he's averaging about 22 minutes lately about that, yeah. in games. But he's playing most of that in the first three quarters and then sits for the entire fourth. Yep. Because you you can't have four offensive players and a player that essentially just stands at the three-point line and teams dare them to shoot and they either don't shoot or can't shoot. It's And yeah, teams don't even rush at him. They let him just shoot. It's Ben Simmons. Yeah, all over again. Yeah, it's 100%. Like they just, both of them, maybe they seem to get in the gym together in the off season and actually just learn how to shoot. And when you've got SGA, who um, is one of those players that's putting up MVP numbers, um, he's an he's a attacker of the uh, of the paint. Yeah. So, And what does Josh Giddy do? Attacks, attacks the paint. paint. Um, and so when SGA is attacking the paint, you need those shooters around him. You need Absolutely. those people getting to those receiver spots that can catch and shoot or yep. catch and drive and that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and... In fourth quarter bar- uh, basketball, they can't rely on Giddy. No, and that's that's what we're seeing this year. Like there was all this talk at the beginning of the season that you know he was going to sign a massive extension in the off season and be the highest paid Australian in the history of the NBA. And all oh, he still of stuff. might, and he still might. He's absolutely. still young, but again, as you said, we you know we're twenty two, twenty six games into the season, depending on who your team is. Um, that there, there's definitely some struggles there. Like OKC are playing unbelievably well, but Josh Giddy personally. Is just struggling a little bit at the minute. And hundred percent. And I think he, after the All Star break, he might need to go away and just 
practice his game and refocus for the second half of the year. And hopefully those minutes can start going back yeah, up for the playoffs. You know, a little bit of Alan Iverson. It's practice. <laughs> Talking about practice. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, he might have to retool again over, over the summer. Absolutely. And look, what's going on could be affecting him at the moment and affecting some of his play. So let's hope that he can just... Oh, he's getting booed in every arena he steps in. Yeah, and he's a young kid. So let's just hope he can just find a bit of rhythm and and get back to doing what he does best. And yes, as Aussies who love basketball, we love seeing Aussies doing really well. So let's uh, hope that he can start turning that around in his third year. Garnett comes out on LeBron. Now they switch it. Here's Pierce again. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no regard for human life. And that is another classic bit of commentary there. LeBron James dunking over the Boston Celtics. That was wonderful. That was huge. No regard for human life. Um... And as we've mentioned a couple of times in this podcast already, is that it's about a quarter way through the season. It is. So we thought it'd be a good time to have a segment where we just go through a bit of a quarter season review. I think it's a good idea. There's there's been a lot going on so far, and some uh, some big surprises, and some there's certainly some disappointments going on as well. Yeah. Um. And we're going to stick with our formula. And Foss, I'm going to talk about the East, and you're going to talk about the West. Yeah, let's do it. I'll start us off here. And my first point for the quarter season review is um, there's four teams in the East, which any of them could be the number one seed. I feel like there's four teams that are just fighting for it. And if one of them goes on a run at any point, they could be that number one seed in the the East. Who you got? Um, Well, at the start of the season, I said it was Boston's to lose. Correct. Um, but now there's other teams that are just playing just as well as what Boston is. Um, and I feel like Boston's had a few stumbles along the way. They're still up there. Um, I think they were number one, uh, as of checking this before our cast. Yeah. I think they're still top, but like you said, you know, KP's missed a few games with injuries and that can upset the rhythm a little bit too. But I've got Boston, Philly, Milwaukee and Orlando. And I think any of those teams, once again, if they stay healthy, can uh, make a run at that number one seed. Love the caveat of being able to stay healthy. It's very important in the NBA. But yeah, absolutely. I think, look, I'm still not sold on Orlando. Like they're having an unbelievable season, but I think down the stretch, I still think it's going to be one of the other three that get the top seed. They are still a young team and they're probably going to get tired towards the later parts of the season. Um, But at the moment, you can't fault them. No, I I reckon they can push any of those teams above them for yeah. those seats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you can't fault them. They've had some really good wins over some of those big teams too. And then so. you've got um, Embiid, who I've talked about, and Giannis, um, who are in like top three MVP candidates at the moment. So playing MVP level basketball. And I think Jason Tatum's um, sitting anywhere from that four to six in yeah. the MVP rankings at the moment as well. Um, and so. Look- just a, a question without notice that's just popped into my head is what's your take on Jalen Brown's season so far? Considering that he literally just signed the richest He's the deal. highest paid yeah. player in the NBA. Richest deal in NBA history. Do you think he's lived up to that that money yet? Um, one word. No. Underwhelming. Underwhelming, yeah. yeah. His season this year has been underwhelming. Yeah. 
Like he hit all these targets last year to get that paycheck and good on him. Oh, and he got that check. He got a big if, check. Mate, I would, I would like a third of that money. Dude, I'll take, I, it, I'll uh, take 1% of it. It's yes, fine. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but um, no, I feel like Jalen Browns. I, I haven't looked at his stats. No, neither. Um, that, like that, sorry but for throwing I feel like at you. Nobody's, yeah, I haven't talked about him. I don't, the games I've watched, he's disappeared. He hasn't yeah. done anything. Might have had a couple of big dunks. Um, I know him and KP when KP's playing um, have a really good chemistry together and they actually pass the ball really well between the two of them each other. And it's more of a flowing offense. Yes. Um, where Tatum is more of a stagnant offense. They pass the ball to him and everyone stands around and watches. It's a bit which more Which is boring, boring basketball to watch. And it's more ISO ball with Tatum yep. for sure. So I think I think you make an interesting point. And sorry for throwing that at you. It's just saying that popped into my head then. Nah, is that- I love it. Is that yeah? He keep me on my toes. But he's yeah, he's getting bucket loads of cash. But is it the fact that you've got Tatum, you got KP, Drew, Derek White, like you've got all these essentially yeah. superstars there already that maybe we're just not noticing him as much. Yeah, he's he's, he's taking a backseat. Don't know. Just putting it out there. Yeah. What's uh, what's your first one for the quarter season review there, mate? Look, this. There's a lot that we can talk about in the West because I can bang on about the Clippers, which I don't want to do. I can bang on about the Lakers, which everybody does. We can bang on about the Warriors and and the big three in Phoenix. But I think the biggest surprises for me so far have been the the T Wolves. Oh, 100. Like top, they're topping the West. They're we had a whole segment on them last week. Yeah, exactly. They've been the biggest biggest surprise so far. But it's the Rockets and the Mavs as well. Like it's the Texas Texas teams at the minute. The Rockets defensively, dude, they're first in opposition points allowed per game. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I look at them and go, I could name half, you know, maybe three or four people on the roster, but they're being coached really well. They're defending the heck out of the ball and they're winning games. Well, you've got um, Sengun in the middle yep. there who is He's looking having a like really he might season. be the next Joker. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. His stats are, are right up there at the at the, moment, same, at the same age and the same point in their yeah. career. He is doing better than what Joker yep. was. Yep, absolutely. Um, but Dallas was the other one. And look, I, th- I think it's just the fact that Luca's a legit superstar. Yeah. You know, Kyrie's been in and out a little bit. They've had some injuries to deal with. They're not the biggest team growing around. Grant Williams is doing his job, but he's not putting up stupid big numbers. And I, I, like, pick- I like Dallas, though, how they picked up pieces in the offseason to fill in those roles like Dante Exum who we talked about Seth uh, Seth Curry's there Seth Curry. they've got some shooting they're a bit small that's the only knock on them Jones the Jr Jones Jr's come in um, who apparently is a knockdown three shooter he these is. days too but which they're... I never knew uh, he could do anything other than jump over a, <laughs> a car basically <laughs> and look, we know that um, everyone talks about Wemby everyone's talking about Chet as far as like rookie of the years the, the Thompson brothers those sorts of things but Derek Lively in Dallas is having a great season for them. A oh, solid rookie pickup. Yeah, them. so they've done really well. And there. he so- has really good chemistry with um, Luca and Kyrie yeah. and that in the games that I've seen. They just put it up near the ring and the guy just goes and finds it and dunks it. Absolutely. And that's all you want him to do with someone who's so big. So look, they're the, the big positive surprises out West. There's definitely some negatives too, but they're definitely my big positives. No, I, I back that all the way. Um. Next for me in the East is I'm going to go with some surprise um, packets. So, and already touched on them here. Orlando, New York, Indiana, surprised. Surprising the hell out of me this season. Um, Indiana is continuing to play better after IST. I think the IST made that group grow up really quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, And they're they're still, yeah, they're still a young team. I'll say they're pretty young. Yeah. 
but they I think their oldest player actually is TJ McConnell on yeah. their on their whole list. I think you're about right. Um but they played out of their skin in the IST and to have that level of uh, pressure games, that playoff intensity mm-hmm. um, is outstanding. And they're just going to keep getting better and playing better as they go down the stretch. Oh, that IST run was huge for them. Like that's going to bring a team together. Like they're still sitting seventh yeah. in the East, but I think that they're only going to keep climbing up those standings absolutely um, as well. And I think we said the other week that, you know, we were talking about could they make a big deep um, playoff run or something like that. Now, look, I, I don't think they're quite there yet. I think they're still a piece away. But they're going to push some teams and they're going, mm. they're going to be one of those teams that you get to the playoffs and go, we don't want to play them. Yeah, because they could knock off any team above them yep. on any day. Yep. Um, the Smile and Assassin, Halliburton. You saw um, what they did to he's, Boston he's in the He's become ISD. a legit superstar in he the is. league. Um, and... You've got the Magic as well. We talk, I talked to them just before. Um, hopefully, they can keep on this run. Uh, they're probably going to get tired towards the end of the season, so they might need to just rein it back a little bit yep. um, to make a push into the finals because the NBA very much is about that run, that run oh, into the playoffs. You need to be playing your best basketball at the right time of the year, um, and they might have peaked a bit early. Oh, look, the, the best example of that is Miami last season. You know, they scraped into the to the tournament, to the play-in. They lost their first game. They win the next one, and they go all the way to the finals. Like it, It's just all about runs. And I'm, I'm going to put Miami in my conversation now, since you mentioned them. Um, and I'm just going to be like, they've been underwhelming. Yeah. yeah they fair. have been underwhelming. To have Bam, Jimmy. I think their, ro- their roster is what's letting them down. Like they lost a lot they of talent. They did lose a lot of pieces, but they didn't replace it. No, they they went after the big fish and they didn't get it because they didn't go properly. Yeah, they they thought, oh, no one else wants him. We can just half-ass this, and it just didn't work for them. No, it didn't work for them. Um, but they've just been overwhelming, uh, underwhelming this season. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's all I've got to say on Miami. Look, the only other thing I'll throw in there on on the East because I know this is not my area of expertise, but Atlanta have sucked. They are not good at the moment. Like. It's not quite a Chicago let's blow it up situation yet, but again, you know, to be sitting sub five hundred with the roster that they've got is it's not great. I'm I'm not enjoying it. Once again, I'd put them in the same category as, as Miami. Miami at yeah, the moment. I They're just so having an underwhelming season. I think you know, I'd like to see them do something before the trade deadline. There's been a lot of talk about Siakam and going after him. Go and do it. Yep. Make it, make Pull a the push. Trigger. Make a Pull push. Pull the trigger. Got a great coach in Quinn Snyder. Give him some players. Yeah. No, I'm, I agree with that. All right. Let's head back to the West for a little minute. Again, some of the, the negative stuff, you know, the Suns have been a bit disappointing just in that they can't get everyone on the court and depth was always going to be an issue. Well, they've had their big three for two games now, and Beal only lasted four minutes 30 he, in their second game because he, he did his ankle. ankle. Yep, exactly right. So, I th- and, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, injuries is, is key in the NBA, and there's definitely a um, an, an issue in Phoenix. You know, Booker's in and out. KD's been there as much as he possibly can but then Beal just can't get healthy and when you're already depleted depth wise you know they're, they're probably to be fair doing well to be where they're at and at it the comes moment. it comes down to what we have been saying repeatedly health yep and it look, all comes down to health you can put the players on the team but if they're not healthy on playing then yeah. it's it's not going to work no exactly right and I think 
I think the Warriors is another team that's worth mentioning in a similar vein, like with injuries, but also Draymond. We just touched on that earlier about him. Suspensions. And he's missed half the season already with ejections and suspensions. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Um, but then also the, you know, the play of Thompson and Wiggins and those sorts of things. So the Warriors are really struggling, which I think after their hot start, you know, they started out six and two and Steve Kerr was banging on in the media about, you know, this is the team we're going to be all season. And then they've just gone. Would you trade Clay Thompson? Yep. All right. Straight away. Look, he's a phenomenal player. He's done amazing things for for the Warriors. But he's not the player he once was. Exactly. When you blow out an Achilles and a knee in the same leg, I've done a knee. I know what it's like. It sucks. You're not the same player afterwards. But for someone who, you know, he's a shooter. He's got to have his legs under him. He doesn't look like he does. He can't move. We've touched on this before. He can't move the way he used to be able to move as a defender. Oh, he has no lateral movement these days. Exactly. So, yeah, in, in short, absolutely I would. But what are you going to get for him? You know, you're training him on his... Uh, washing machine. I was going to say pack of donuts, but yeah, it could be both. There's there's probably not a lot of a market out there for him, especially if he wants big money. Like there's, there's reports already coming out that there's a, an issue over his contract. Yeah. He's on something like $43 million this season. I don't want to That's give him... That's ridiculous money for him. But I wouldn't want to give him more than half that yeah. in his next contract. There's only a couple of teams in the NBA, I reckon, that would be able to take on a contract like that. And it's teams like your LA, it's teams like your New York, because those bigger team markets have a higher salary cap because they are bigger. Yeah, they have, and they because they bring in the money, they have the capacity to go above the the gaps. But yeah, you're not sending Clay Thompson to a small market team like Memphis. No. Yeah, he'd probably be phenomenal with next to Jar because Jar, with with his ability to penetrate and draw the defense, Clay'd get a lot of wide. All he'd have to do is just stand there and shoot, and that's. Look, at the end of the day, that's what you wanted to be able to do. But at the, at the moment when the Warriors are so small as well that they're trying to have Clay, who, as you just said, can't move laterally, defender Kawhi Leonard, who he must just be giggling to himself, just going, oh, yeah, this is going to be the easiest two points of my career. Yeah. Um, I think some other stuff to mention out in the West, just on sort of just some actual players, like individual players. LeBron's been phenomenal. Oh, Mate, what can't that guy do? For a dude that's nearly 39. He's 39 in like two weeks. Yeah. Like it, it's insane what he's doing, the shape that he is in, the fact that he's staying on the court. It, it's incredible to watch. Mate, he's not that much older than uh, me. And dude, my, my, my knees hurt getting up off the couch. Yeah, I was going to say like I'm six months older than him and yeah, I'm, I'm in pain every day. Yeah. So, look, what he does... But we also just, don't have a million dollars to be paying to rehab our bodies. Look, this is very true. But I think it's just worth noting, like, he has been incredible this season. Um, I, and it just raises the question, like, how many more years can he do this? Is he just is he going to play to, like, he's, like, 45 and still drop 20 points a game? Look, honestly, he, he could be a Tom Brady. Yeah. If, if he can stay healthy... Like, I think Kobe was the same. I think Kobe, before he did his Achilles really was that sort of player that could have kept going for a really long time because he looked after his body so yeah. well. Um, you know, Zion Williamson needs to have a conversation with LeBron. Yeah. Just about professionalism and, and what he does and how he looks after himself. So I think that's important to note. Just Who else to, do you have to mention? Just here, how phenomenal he's been. Um, just really quickly, the Nuggets, they're cruising. They've had so many injuries, players in and out, but they're still winning games. And it comes down to what? I said in the first podcast, they kept that core together. Yep. They and know they're how to play playing together. another season together. They yep. won the chip. Yep. So 
like they're just going to keep rolling. And as far as I'm concerned, Joker's still my MVP. Um, two more players. Darren Fox is so underrated yes. for Sacramento. I love watching him play. He's just incredible. He's up there. Like Him and SGA are two of my favorite players to watch. Just their ability to get down the floor is just incredible. And they will take over the mantle as like the top players in the NBA. Absolutely. Um, once you get your like your KDs and, and LeBron, yeah, LeBron and, and all that starting to yep. retire and move on and stuff. And then I think Fox will get way more recognition. Yep. You're going to see Fox, SGA, Tatum, these sort of guys really start to take over. Um, and just very quickly, Wemby. I think what Pop is doing in San Antonio is pretty incredible. Like They've got this absolute unicorn of a player, but yet Pop is doing absolutely nothing to run sets for him and just letting him float, letting him evolve. And it might not necessarily have been what everyone expected, but he's taken every little bit of pressure off of the kid to yep. just let him play. And I did see some wild stats the other day because they did start him out playing at uh, power forward yeah. rather than center, but they have moved him to center yep. and all of his stat categories have gone up. Yeah, and I think that's going to happen as he just gets more comfortable, more familiar. But the fact that they can just let him grow as a player... Yeah, I know they're not winning games. They've what, lost 17 in a row or something like that at this point. The only reason that we don't really talk too much about it is because Detroit have lost 21 in a row. and so, 23. Is it 23 now? It's 23 it? now. Wow. So, yeah. I just think which that, that was, I'm about to talk about. So. Oh, there you go. Look, I just thought that was interesting to, to see the way in which Pop has done this. Yeah. Um, my final one here for our quarter season review is the bottom dwellers in the East. And as much as those top four teams are all buying for that number one seed, I feel like there's four teams buying for that lowest seed possible, like yep. lottery picks. Yep. Um, at the moment, Detroit's got it hands down. Absolutely. 23 losses in a row. Um, but you've also got Washington, who've won seven. And then you've got um, Charlotte, I think, who've won seven. And then uh, Chicago, who've won 10. Oh, Detroit are on track to win something like seven or eight games for the entire season, the way they're going at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we've already talked, we had a whole segment on Chicago. Yes. Um, about them blowing it up, getting rid of DeRozan, getting rid of Levine, and just starting afresh. But let's focus on the other teams. So uh, Charlotte Hornets, Washington Wizards, and Detroit Pistons. And what do they need to do to be competitive? Everything? Everything. Look, at the end of the day, I think each team you can sort of break it down a little bit and go, Detroit are very young. They've got a new coach, a new system. They're they're still learning. I think Charlotte... I, I still don't understand why Michael Jordan made the move to remove James Borrego as coach a couple of seasons ago and bring back in Steve Clifford. He, it, it didn't make sense to me at the time. It still doesn't make sense to me now. I think they need to blow up as far as getting rid of Haywood's contract and a few things like they that. They need to get rid of Haywood. I'll yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think and having uh, LaMelo Ball, who's meant to be their franchise player, yeah. who I can, it can be a franchise player, can be, but absolutely. it's health at the moment for him. Correct, correct. Like he just can't stay on the floor. Yep. Um, and I think having him on the floor is going to make them win more games. Yes. Um, having Miles Bridges back as well um, after his off-court um, incidents, issues, issues yes. yep. Um, yep. and that sort of thing. Um, but Washington... Washington like, just aren't a good team. Jordan Poole and Cole Kuzma are playing like they're and one. Yeah, 100%. they're trying to be and one players and like showboats. Like I know, 
um, Kyle Kuzma wears the weird fashion when he comes yep. in and thinks thinks that he's like um, a superstar. That he's not. He's 100% not. His best days were in Los Angeles. It was laughable when they were down 20 and they got a steal down court and they threw Jordan Poole threw an alley-oop off the backboard to Kuzma and they were celebrating like they just won the game. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you're down 20. Yeah. You're getting just lay the pants. ball in and then play some defense. Yeah. They, that's the thing. Like you go past Kuzma and Paul, and even though Paul's on the training block because he ain't been any good, and his attitude. Who else is there in Washington? Nobody. I can't tell you anyone else who's on that roster. Um, there's they've, they've got a couple of young players that they got through the uh, the draft. So th- that are up and coming. Like I I rate uh, Gafford in the yeah. middle. Um, yeah, they're, they're I think he's I think Kulali. he's a solid center. Um, yeah, Duali or yeah, Kuali, whatever the French kid that they drafted last season. Yeah, he's he's shown some flashes, but yeah, again, if they're putting development into their young players, they're a couple of seasons away from being any good. Yeah, um, but I reckon they try to get draft picks. And I think get rid, get rid of Kuzma and Pool and try to get some draft picks. Look, I think at this point you're only to getting... save to save next year. Oh, this, absolutely. This, is, this season's done. It's already done. But again, at, at this point with Pool and his attitude and his play, you're not getting much for him. I think you know you could almost trade him for a couple of second rounders, really. Yeah. Because they got the first rounder out of Golden State for taking him on in the first place. Kuz still definitely has some trade value, and he can still be a contender. Um, I did see that. Um, 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 John Collins for Utah is on the trade block because they're not happy with the way that he's been. Yeah. So look, you know, is that a straight swap? Ooh. You know, something like that. Just, you know, change of scenery for both players. You know, it expands the role for Collins perhaps in in Washington, but at the same time, maybe gives Kuzma more of a system to fit into. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Just something like that. And look, on that... You could put Paul alongside Markkinen in uh, Utah. Yeah, and that might that might work. Um, I've also heard Jordan Clarkson might be on the tra- uh, chopping oh. block from up there as well. Yeah, but Jordan Clarkson's like Buddy Hield and Miles Turner. He's always on the trading block. Yeah, true. But it, look, it's interesting to note as well that we're recording this on Sunday, the seventeenth of December, um, the fifteenth of December in America. So a couple of days ago, yeah, was a really important date as far as. Anyone who signed a lot, not anyone, but a lot of the players that signed contracts in the off season are now tradable. So uh, it's something okay. like eighty eight percent of the players in the current NBA are now tradable. So we're going to probably see some more moves starting to happen. Yeah, look, we you don't tend to see a lot in December anyway, but definitely coming the, out the back end of Christmas and early in the new year, we could start to see some more moves. And and you know, there's there's been all the talk already about Levine and. And DeMar DeRozan and these guys, so we could start to see a bit more movement. Yeah. I think I'll, I kind of want to wrap this segment up as I think we're starting to waffle on a little bit. But um, I just want to finish this quarter um, season wrap up um, just by saying again how good the in-season tournament was. It was it was a really good initiative. They did really well. It was good to see so much interest in basketball and that intensity um, in November, December. Agreed. And we said that last time. But um, yeah, that's our wrap up for just uh, the East and the West in the in the quarter season. James catches, puts up a three. Won't go. Rebound, Bosch. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything more iconic than Mike Breen saying bang no. on a big shot? No, there is not. I feel like whenever you hear that, you know that 100%. there's an awesome play that's just happened. 100%. 
All right, let's so, round it out, Foss. Let's round it out. So, quarter season done. Done. Let's uh, just have a bit of fun and just have some uh, quarter season awards. Go. What do you got? All right. So, well, let's just start out with MVP. And I'm going to put my MVP as Joel Embiid at the moment. Um, as he's just playing ridiculously out of his skin. 33.8 points, 11.5 rebounds, 6.4 assists. Look, with those numbers, it's and they're sitting hard to argue. one game behind one in the East in third, I think, at the moment. Yeah, look, it's super hard to, to argue that. Um, it's still Joker for me, just what he does on the court. I think he should have actually won it last season. Um, but well, he's, Joker's probably averaged more uh, assists. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, you could flip a coin with both those two guys and I'd be happy with the yeah. outcome. Um, and honorable mention as well to Giannis. Yeah, Giannis is having a great season. SGA I think he struggled a bit to season. start with, but I yeah. think he, he's come good a bit now, um, living in life without Drew Holiday. Yeah, he's finding some rhythm. And, and as you say, I think you could make a case for Luca, SGA, all these. There's a couple of guys that are having some really good seasons. Yeah. All right. Defensive player of the year. Who do you who do you got there, George? Look, it pains me to say, but it's, it's got to be Brooke Lopez. Oh, mate. Point. It pains me to say this as well, but I agree. 100% agree. Look, look they again... They struggled out of the gate, but you know when you've got the players going to your coach saying we need to change our defensive schemes to put Brooke Lopez in a drop coverage. Yeah, it's the reason he's averaging three blocks a game. He is. He's averaging three blocks a game, the most, and he's had the most blocks in the NBA at the moment. Yeah, and I think he is in the top ten for charges taken as well. Yeah. I'd still like to see him rebound a bit more for a guy that's seven foot two. Yes, but defensively, you can't argue what he's doing now. There's there's certainly some other players out there that are having great seasons like. Anthony Davis, I know someone we mentioned earlier. Yes, Anthony Davis is having a, a massive season protecting the paint for the Lakers. But he still just doesn't have the consistency there. He needs One, to stay healthy. Yeah. So, you know, he might have two or three really good games, but then he'll go missing for a couple of games. And Lopez just isn't doing that. He's consistent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the Bucks have gone from 14th defensive rating in the league last year to fourth this Which year. Is huge. With him playing in the center with that change up. Um, which we touched on that they might struggle a bit on defense, getting rid of Drew Holiday. Yeah, huge. Um, so ha- changing that up, making sure Lopez has that drop coverage and he's in, sitting in that paint for those blocks. Um, it's working. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Most improved. Um, I feel like there is two players that stand out Absolutely. in this um, award. And I'm just going to go Halliburton. Yeah, look, I'm not going to argue Halliburton. Look, I know Tyrese Maxey's the other one, but it's Halliburton for me as well. And look, I'd be sitting here making an argument for, for Jalen Brunson as well, but it's it's Halliburton. But yeah, but out of Maxey and Halliburton, flip a coin and yep. if they win it, I'm probably going to sit back and go, yep, right, fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to argue. No, I wouldn't argue that either. I think the only reason I lean towards Halliburton is that you know, I think Maxey was already showing a lot of these glimpses. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like Halliburton has just exploded. He just came out of nowhere. Um, he's exploded this year. But he had a pretty good year last year, surprisingly. But um, at the moment, he's averaging five more points a game than what he was, and he's two more assists. He's averaging 12 assists a game. Surely he's leading the league in assists. I'm not sure whether he's leading the league in assists, but I do know that he has gone up like from about 47% from the field last season to uh, 51.5% from the field. Which is crazy. Considering he's putting up a lot of threes, that's yeah. just ridiculously high clip. Oh, 100%. That, that's insane shooting. And I think I think his assist to turnover numbers are pretty 
pretty rock solid too. So yeah, he's he's made some leaps in all categories. I do like the fact you mentioned Brunson there because he's he's someone that I didn't even think of for that, yeah, that just, one either as well. Just having a sneaky good season there in New York. Um, and we'll finish out with six man of the year. Um, and I'm gonna chuck someone out there. Um, and this will really please probably our friend Jake, who came on as a special guest. But I'm going to chuck Cole Anthony yeah. out as uh, sixth man of the year. 15.2 points, 4.3 rebounds, and 3.6 assists. Yeah, there's some solid numbers off the bench. And he's he's leading that second unit. He's coming in and giving them real punch off the bench. Yeah, and there's a reason that they're, they're doing so well in the East at the moment. Yeah. Um, but... I, th- I think there's someone else that we should mention here as well. Look, um, I think in the so purple too. and the gold. Yeah, look, Austin Reeves. Once they made the move to put him on the bench, his game has elevated exponentially. He really struggled in the starting unit, and I don't know if that was because he was tired coming off the back of FIBA, or if he was struggling with the weight of his big ass contract. He, I think he needs the ball in his hands. More. I think so too. When he's playing with LeBron, and that he's he's playing off the ball. Yeah, and he's a very ball heavy uh, guard. Even. I don't think it's not quite so much LeBron because I think LeBron can play off mold, the ball. Well, LeBron can mold his game to play with anyone. Yeah. But it's playing next to D'Lo that I think was a problem. Like yeah. D'Lo's been sneaky efficient. We've mentioned him in previous pods. But I think that moving, not having them on the court at the same time has really helped the Lakers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it's probably a bit hard to pick on uh, a coach of the year at the moment. So we might just skip that one. I think so too. I mean, it's easy to sit there and just, you, you'd pick the, you're going to pick Minnesota and go Chris Finch's coach of the year because they're doing so well and no one expected it. But that that's definitely something that's an end of the season conversation. Um, and I think that's going to bring us to the end of this uh, episode of the Buckets and Beards podcast. Uh, make sure that you chuck onto our socials on the Facebook and Instagram um, and let us know what you've thought for the first quarter of the season as well, um, as we're always happy for any feedback on our podcast and what your thoughts are. Um, and I think we'll pick out the uh, sticker competition later today as well. Yeah, we got to uh, take care of that, don't we? Yeah, and we'll uh, get them sent out. Um, and yeah, I think that's the, the end. Peace. Peace. Catch you guys on the flippity flip.